Hello, Health Rebel, and welcome to the Spiritually Fit Podcast, your space to explore alternative healing for mind, body, and spirit. It's my belief that when you connect to and feel safe in your body, you reclaim your health story and empower yourself from the inside out, leading to lasting and sustainable results. I'm your host and coach, Leisha Fox, aka your body bestie. As a women's health and spirituality coach, I know you're here to learn how to live your one brilliant life without the burnout. So grab your hot lemon water and get ready for your body breakthrough. Let's begin. All right, my spiritually fit health rebels, I have an incredible interview for you today, an incredible guest. We're going to start as we do with a little bit of a meditation so both he and I can kind of get into our bodies, into our own wisdom. So you'll just hang out with us for a second, take some deep breaths as long as you're not, you know, driving. Well, you can take deep breaths and drive, but you know, don't close your eyes. So let's go ahead and just make sure our feet are flat against the ground we have our back is erect but not so straight that we feel any tension commanding the body to fully relax taking this opportunity to just feel your weight in the chair taking a deep breath in through the top of the head releasing it out through the mouth with a sigh we're gonna do two more of those deep breath in exhaling it out One last deep breath in and exhaling, placing our hands on our heart, just calling forth the, the wisdom from this fellow health rebel. May it pour forth and be that wisdom that you were seeking to hear today. Maybe you didn't even know that you were coming for this today. So opening up your body as listeners to receive. And allowing any of the shares, noticing the observing how it pops up in your body. We're going to take one last deep breath in and breathe it out. And then slowly but surely, we're just going to come back into the call. Mm. I always really enjoy starting that way when I used to do plant medicines like ayahuasca the practitioners drink the medicine with you and so i feel like there's something energetically about getting everybody calm and on the same page right then we're kind of tapped into each other so i want to introduce dr gladden um so i'm going to read just a little bit of his bio because there's so much juiciness and history here Uh, at the same time i'm really excited for him to share with y'all a lot more of his story present day. Um, So he began his career as an interventional cardiologist in Dallas, had a passion to bring cutting edge cardiology services to people in outlying areas. And to that end, he built his own heart group and eventually had 10 offices and 12 physicians servicing numerous communities in North Texas and Southeast Oklahoma. He started cardiac catheterization labs, Rapid response heart attack programs, heart arrhythmia programs, and congestive heart failure programs for outlying communities and hospitals. 
and was also responsible for co-founding the Heart Hospital, Baylor Scott and White in the northern suburbs of Dallas. In addition, he continues to be involved with several medical device and pharma setups. So beautiful, obviously very rich history there of building up this incredible business. Now, fast forward, Dr. Gladden came to face his own mortality in his 50s and went through a two-year journey to crack the code on himself. This came with new realizations and new questions to drive his new consuming passion. He left his cardiology group and through the years, y'all, this is huge. I want you to just take a second to hear that. After spending all of that time building up that incredible force, he made a decision to leave that cardiology group and through the years developed what has now evolved into Gladden Longevity, a clinic and research center for life, energy, health, longevity, and performance optimization. Their consuming passion is to help their clients turn back the clock and lead their best lives. This, this is truly where I feel uh, this community, we call ourselves the health rebels. We're here to be kind of rebellious against the status quo. So I feel I love like- it. You're in good yeah. company, Dr. Jeff. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. That's great. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Really a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. And really, so I met Dr. Jeff at uh, the retreat that Lauren Donahue and I hosted, uh, the Root to Rise retreat in Joshua Tree. We had a instantaneous energetic connection. I was like, we speak the same language. I... I really love sharing on Living Proof Fridays, the body break down to break through. And so when I hear your story, I'm like, that's it. It's those moments where it's as if everything is falling apart. We are crumbling to the ground. It's when life comes in and anything that is no longer for us is like a redirection. Yet there are a lot of people who will go to the end of their life and not take that, that medicine that life provides, that redirection. Right. So there were so yeah, many. We get gifts. stubborn, right? People get stubborn. Oh, for sure. I call it the I call it getting married to their answers, right? Married to their current mm. answers, as opposed to being married to the questions of I remember when you said better, that at right? the retreat. Yeah. There's a couple things you said at the retreat that like stuck with stuck with me. And being married to the question was really powerful. Mm -hmm. I I often feel as if I receive a ton when I'm facilitating as well. So let's dive further into that. Let's dive into that time period in life, I know for the listeners, when for you to have made that decision, what was, what was kind of the like breaking point for you? Cause you shared some of that at the retreat with me, but I'd, I'd love for the listeners to get, to get involved there. Sure. <clears throat> well, um, you know, being an interventional cardiologist is a little bit of an athletic endeavor. Um, because you're on your feet a lot, you're wearing lead, you're in a cath lab, you know, performing procedures for people and all that sort of thing. And, and I love that work. I, I love the intellectual stimulation of it. I like the manual dexterity that was required. I loved being able to really help people acutely that were having a problem, go in and quote unquote, help them out of that problem. We weren't solving anything, but we were helping them out of that acute problem. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, that was kind of a beautiful thing. But when I when I got sick in my 50s, um, and I should probably tell you this, I, you know, I, I was always athletic, right? I played soccer and basketball in, in high school. I played some soccer in college, a little bit of intramural basketball, I'm a snowboarder, mountain biker, surfer, uh, body surfer, runner, guitar player, you know, lots of different hobbies and things like that. Um, and I, 
I had kids and, um, you know, we'd like to do mountain biking with my son and I like to snowboard with the family and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I get into my 50s and all of a sudden I'm putting on weight. I'm getting tired. Uh, I can't get out of bed in the morning. Um, I'm developing brain fog and my father died with dementia. Uh, and if I came under significant stress, I would feel myself kind of going over a waterfall of of depression. It wasn't like you could talk yourself out of it. It was just, you were, you were going, there was like no pulling back from it. Um, and so, you know, I went in and I, I got tested. I had blood work done and things like that. And I basically <clears throat> came back to get the results. And I was told, um, you know, everything checks out for your age. Um, mm. you know, you're just getting older and why don't you take an antidepressant? Mm -hmm. And that was such an existential moment for me. I mean, it was like, really, really, it's going to just be downhill from here. This is this is my fate now. Really, my yeah. best years are now behind me. I mean, think about that, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's a dramatic sort of sentence, if you will, to hear that. So I thought, no, I don't think so. That's not for me. So I basically kind of threw myself into functional medicine, integrative medicine, age management medicine. I went to conferences and read and got certifications and all that sort of thing. And it did take me about two to two and a half years <clears throat> to crack the code for myself as to what was going on. Um, I had subclinical hypothyroidism, which means all my blood tests were quote unquote normal. normal. But biometric testing showed that uh, my reflexes were slow, that I didn't have enough thyroid in the tissue level. And genetics showed that I actually have a significantly decreased ability to convert inactive thyroid to active thyroid in my brain. So once I got on the right combination of thyroid, it was kind of like the lights came back on. Mm. And then testosterone and uh, DHEA were going down at that point in my life. So once I got on some hormone replacement, that helped. And then the anxiety and depression was, a, and the brain fog was a function of the fact that Genetically, I wasn't making certain neurotransmitters very efficiently. So once I got on the right supplements and avoided the right things in the diet and things like that, I was able to, uh, you know, feel great again, right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I I realized that at that point that I'd really been a sick care physician, not a healthcare physician. We don't have a healthcare mm. system. We have a sick care system. Uh, you don't have health insurance. You have sick insurance. Um, and so I I could no longer bring myself to practice in a sick care system. I was so fascinated by the turnaround that I'd been able to, uh, you know, do for myself, so to speak, that I thought, you know, there's a world of people out there that are hurting with this whole aging process. I want to really devote my the rest of my life to helping other people crack the code on on aging. And we spend so much time talking about disease, right? And we, we yeah. criticize the allopathic community because they're treating symptoms um, which is appropriate. And then we criticize functional medicine doctors because they're going for the quote unquote root cause, but they're only going after the disease. And the thing that they're not addressing is the underlying current of aging that actually mm -hmm. is the river upon which, right, disease and symptoms is floating like a raft. And so <clears throat> really my, my passion now is really to crack the code on aging, make 100 to new 30 is really where we're going. I love and that. yeah, and then, you know, when you think about how you're going to manage somebody that's having symptoms, it's like, sure, give them something for the symptoms. Sure, go after the root cause of the disease. But also, why don't we go after the root cause of aging, right? The drivers, things that are actually driving aging. Now we can actually mm. have a an integrated approach 
to to really helping somebody. And so that's that's really you know my approach at this point in time. Mm. I am <laughs> so intrigued myself with all the testing. I am a researcher and experimenter on my own body most of the time. Mm -hmm. And Aren't I don't we know. All? I know. <laughs> well, hopefully when I, I don't know if when we met, I shared that my story is very similar. I was young, uh, I was 26 going paramenopausal, um, thyroid mm. issues, but everything was, they wouldn't even test me because of my age. Right. So I had to go to a naturopathic doctor who was willing to do the spit test for my adrenals, willing to test other things. Mm -hmm. Um, because otherwise it was like, well, you're just depressed. See, it Here's cuts both ways on it cuts both ways on the age spectrum, right? <clears throat> somebody's in their 50s, well, you're old. If somebody's in your 20s, it's like, well, you're young. So this couldn't be a problem. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it's this, there's this whole age bias on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, which is really dysfunctional. Yeah. yeah. Did you feel that any of yours, because a lot of mine and some of the listeners here are finding that like it does have a basis in the ways from which they were operating. So the, the uh, sort of depressed, oppressing on the thyroid had a lot to do with them being in fight or flight and not really knowing it or living more high stress lifestyles. Did you feel like your lifestyle as a cardiologist at all was kind of a, a part of that or your, your partnership or just responsibilities at the time? Yeah. So this is, this is a great question. And really um, the way that I've under, come to understand this whole area is that we have four circles that are important. Mm. So <clears throat> imagine that you have a <clears throat> sort of a human figure standing there. And then there are four circles, like four hula hoops going around, starting at the ankles, right? And yeah. Concentric circles coming out. The inner circle is the life energy circle. And <clears throat> we can talk a little bit about what's on life energy. Um, but it's really the ring that binds them all, quite honestly, the life energy circle, kind of like J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, right? The ring that yeah. binds them all. And then the next the next circle is longevity, and the next circle mm. is health, and the next circle is performance. And the problem that I see with most approaches is that they're focused on one circle or another. And mm. the the real the real game that we're playing, aging is not a linear process. We have this conception that aging is somehow a linear process, that every year we're a year older, so we're just a year older. I don't feel that much different. But in actual fact, it's an exponential process. Mm. We age so much more between 60 and 70 or 70 and 80 or 80 and 90 than we do between 30 and 40 or 40 and 50. It is an accelerating curve. And so when people start to feel like they don't look like they want to, can't do what they want to, don't feel like they want to. Um, <clears throat> you know, their approach to that is to um, get healthy, right? It's like, well, I mm -hmm. don't feel this way, so I'll get healthy again. I, I, yeah. And so I'm going to, I'm going to buck up and get healthy, which is what I did, right? It's like, yeah. I'm going to get healthy again. And <clears throat> that's a great approach, but it's an inadequate response because it's a linear response to an exponential problem. Mm cannot even think about that and there and you're right there's so much more involved like there are more than enough studies that show that when somebody retires the ways in which they start to show up in their life start to mentally prepare for death in the end of their years it's 
it's very premature, especially if you're talking about 100 being the new 30. Um, I think there's there's still a lot more research to come around that, but there's a lot more uh, layered on top of it. I never thought of it that way, though, that it's not a linear path. It's exponential. Yeah, it, it really is not a linear path. It really is exponential. And that's that's the piece that most people don't understand, even though it's all around us, even though we see it in our grandparents and maybe our parents and <clears throat> certainly aunts and uncles or whomever. Um, uh, we we somehow we we live in denial. That's not really going to happen to me, right? I'm no. not. Really, I'm not really going to get that frail, right? Uh, and yet it does happen. Um, and so, you know, we, we I don't know why, but humans are kind of we're sort of self deluded on this. And I don't know if it's a defense mechanism kind of built into mm -hmm. our psyche or what, but we we really kind of live in denial of this fact. And yet, in order to succeed, what I think is you have to have an exponential strategy for an exponential problem. And that's where really optimizing, back to your question, where optimizing all four circles becomes absolutely critical. Because yes. on the life energy circle, um, there's a number of things here. One is having a growth mindset, right, which we, we touched on earlier, which is being married to the questions and not your current answers. Um, and this is so critical, particularly as you go through life, because what worked for you in your 20s is not going to work for you in your 30s, necessarily. And what works in your 30s is probably not going to work for you in your 40s or your 50s. Mm. And so each decade, you have to be married to the questions of how do I respond to this? How do I stay young at this point in my life? How do I do these things better, right? If you're not, if you get married to, well, I know how to work out. I know how to eat. Yeah. I know, I know how to be healthy. If you get married to those set of answers, you're going to get swept along in that accelerating current and your answers are going to fail. You know, it may take two years, eight years, 10 years, but but those answers are going to fail. I got healthy for the first time in my 40s. Right. Mm -hmm. And that lasted for a decade, but then it failed. Right. And I had to yeah. take another approach. And so this is really important to understand. So having that growth mindset is critical. And then optimizing mental health is also key, right? There's so much anxiety, so much depression, so much PTSD, um, yeah. you know, addictive behaviors, self-sabotaging behaviors, right? So this is also critical. Um, mm. And then feeling loved. A lot of people don't feel loved and they don't really love themselves, right? They're still beating themselves up. Um, Constantly. Right. Constantly beating themselves up. This takes such a toll on your physiology, right? Being depressed, anxious, beating yourself up. I right. mean, you're not going to age well. You're not going to stay healthy when you have all that psychic conflict going on. It doesn't matter how much biochemistry or procedures you throw at somebody. These will self-sabotage. You know, people will self-sabotage that. So then optimizing relational health, you know, having great relationships, feeling joy, optimizing spiritual health, feeling worthy. A lot of people don't feel worthy. Um, yeah. And optimizing wisdom is is critical. You know, how do you make good decisions, not just for yourself, but for the other people, for the community, for the planet? Um, yeah. That really lowers stress too. And then two more, one is feeling safe. A lot of people don't mm. feel safe. And I've come to understand that not feeling safe is really the undercurrent of anxiety, depression. Whenever you're reacting to something, it's ultimately because you don't feel safe. Somebody cuts you off on the road and you and you respond. It's like, well, you didn't feel safe. The same yeah. is true. You know, the, um, somebody gets elected. Somebody doesn't get elected. Uh, the tax structure changes. The dollar does this. You know, the stock market does that. Um, whatever it is, um, people don't feel safe. And 
and just like love is kind of an internal job, you can only give yourself love, right? Safety is also an internal job. There's nothing external to you that will ever make you feel safe. No amount of money, no relationships, no degrees, none of that will actually make you feel safe. Um, you have to you have to figure that out for yourself. And I we can talk about that more. And then the last one is I I call it feeling this energetic. <clears throat> resonance with the universe where you have this bigger sense of purpose mm. like why am i here you know what is this all about what am i really here to contribute um and i feel like when you get this circle optimized you you actually liberate yourself from you know past traumas and things like that to where you become your unencumbered self and you're able to bring all of your best gifts forward and make your biggest impact on the world and i think you know that's a pure joy and when you get this circle optimized then you're in position really uh, and they can be done simultaneously, but then you're really, <clears throat> you know, starting to optimize your health, if you will. So, yeah, mm. I'm <laughs> I'm sitting here just like, yes, yep, <laughs> exactly. Being back in the fitness industry, so I think we talked about um, how I'm running a couple fitness franchise studios right now, as well as my own business, and it's given me so much direct feedback of what's going on in the current state of the fitness in wellness space. Mm -hmm. And like you said, when I was in, when I was 26, I was working out, I was eating healthy underneath that though. I never felt safe. I, and I was dealing with my own PTSD and trauma from my childhood, but it yep. was like unconscious. I still, it wasn't quite in my awareness yet. And that two year path for me was revealing all that needed to be healed and felt. So critical. Absolutely critical because we normalize, right? We just think we're, yeah. <clears throat> this is just how it is, right? And we and we have these blind spots where we don't even see how we're living on tilt or living in reaction to things. And so it's yeah. so good that you did that work. Yeah. Mm, thank you. It's, it was like, I, I always say like the universe sometimes has to hold me down by the back of my neck because I can be very stubborn. <laughs> and this was like, I was avoiding all of the symptoms I had until I started breaking out and my hair started to fall out. Mm. And I go, I feel like spirit was <laughs> like, well, if she, she's vain enough at 26, that if, <laughs> if all that starts happening, she's going to look for the answer. <laughs> That's right. So it finally caught up to you. <clears throat> now, now we'll pay attention. Yeah. Right. And I, and I, I hear that quote from Oprah all the time, like, or I don't know if it was originally her, but listen to the whisper before it becomes a scream yet in mm -hmm. a lot of our modern society it has to become a scream because there's so much noise and if we allow ourselves to be distracted by all of the noise it's it's difficult to hear those quieter nudges of it's time for a change and are you going to step into the courageous um and powerful level of okay i'm going to let all this go mm -hmm. i'm going to let what needs to be shed go. Um, I watched that a lot. There's a lot of resistance to change um, because it could mean letting go of a relationship. It could mean letting go of an identity that you've created for yourself. I was an actress yeah. in Hollywood at the time. So the more we fight that, think of the life energy it's utilizing to fight that. It's like, I don't want to yeah. go there. No, um, it's, it's massive. It's really massive. This is where I think if people in the audience can and really just sit and write down, you know, what are the empowering questions for me? What are the, what are, mm. what is my life? What are the questions that I really want to answer with my life? Right? Like in our practice, we have three, how good can you be uh, is the first one. Mm. How do we make a hundred to new 30? And the how good can you be is a global question, right? Not just how healthy, but just how good yeah. can you be? And then the last one is how do we, 
uh, live well, quote unquote, well beyond 120. And so in our practice, those are the empowering questions. So we have thousands of answers, but we're not married to any of them. We're only married to those questions. And so, you know, in our lives, it becomes a question of it becomes a question of questions, right? So what questions are you asking? What's really going to guide you as you go through all the all the ups and downs of vicissitudes of life, if you will, as you go through and navigate um, different stages of your life? What are those questions? Because the questions will be eternal. They actually will they actually will guide you all the way through. And you can count on those. And to your point, they will enable you to understand that, okay, I do need to leave this relationship. I do need to change this job. I do need to whatever else, because it's no longer putting me on the trajectory of what my questions are, are taking me towards. Right. So mm -hmm. I think that's really critical. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a powerful part of the process. If you'll allow yourself to stay curious. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the second part of everything that you shared that I find I'm just like insatiable curiosity around right now in a society where, so part of my background is Hawaiian and we have a deep reverence for our elders. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's still some like at least tribal energy of, you know, the crone. Um, I work with a lot of women as they're, you know, uh, going through, menopause and we talk a lot about hormone regulation which there's just now starting to be a lot of budding research where it's like okay we're really starting to take notice that this isn't just like how it is like you said normalized suffering like well and then you just get hot flashes and it's all miserable and right. like as if aging has to be the most painful process where there's a collective belief around that so with women especially and i think just at across the board in western society as we age, the conversation is, well, what's our value anymore if we can't provide in a capitalistic culture? Yep. So for women, it's also, if so much is based on our outer beauty and we live in a society that does not have any sort of value on, on women um, as they age, there's this lack of like vibrancy and radiancy, radiance. I was actually on a walk the other day with a friend and I saw a woman, um, with silvery gray hair. And I was like, when I get, as I age, I am going to rock. I am not going to dye my hair. I'm going to let it like go gray, however it wants, because there was something so beautiful and powerful about her just owning her age. Right. You know, this is a really interesting thing. Um, and I've, I've heard this from a number of women. We have a number of women as clients in, in the practice. Right. And I think this is what I'm about to say is actually true for men and women is that, you know, we don't really fear death, right? I mean, if I die tomorrow, that's okay. I've had a great life, right? Mm -hmm. But we do fear decline. And yes. we do we do fear becoming irrelevant, right? Yes. Mm. Right? And so I've decided that or determined or figured out that longevity is really the currency of impact. Mm. So, right? If you can stay young for a long time, your your impact continues to rise exponentially every decade. But when your health declines, your impact craters. But if you stay young for a long time, your impact can continue to grow. That's why that's why longevity is so critical. If you really want to impact the world, maintaining your youthfulness is critical to that. That being said, I think that beauty is really, we've talked about this all the time, that beauty is more than skin deep. And yeah. yet we live in a society where beauty is only skin deep. <laughs> and right. I mean, it's on every magazine, every billboard, every movie, whatever it is. Right. And so but when you when you meet someone 
who actually has that life energy about them and it radiates mm -hmm. out from them. It doesn't matter what their external appearance is. Yeah. Excuse me. It sort of shines through them, right? Almost like yeah. a beacon. And there are so many, quite honestly, quote unquote, aesthetically beautiful people yeah. that are that are just they're just a wasteland. I mean, yeah. there's there's no energy there at all, right? There's there's no beauty at all. There's uh, mm. and so I think for the audience to understand that as a man, um, you know, I find women much more attractive that have cultivated that inner beauty than just the outer beauty. Yes, attraction is always part of the equation for both sides. Sure. I get that. But nonetheless, that inner beauty is really, um, it's massive, absolutely massive. So really working on that. And that's, that's something nobody can take away from you, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of a cool thing too. And, and I think you also maintain your relevance that way, right? Because if you're bringing yeah. that energy into any situation, you're a contributor now uh, and people want that. So mm. I literally just posted that on my stories yesterday is, be the energy that you want in the room, like show up as that energy and give yeah. people permission to say, we can be big here. You can take up space next to me. I am mm -hmm. happy for it. I want you to, I want you to show up and shine. And going back to your point of a lot of people not feeling like they are worthy, the ways in which they beat themselves up. I am in the midst of training up some new coaches, general managers, people to kind of take over places. And it's been a reminder to me, the work that I have done to be able to take up space in a room mm -hmm. and just say, yeah. I deserve to be here, but so do you. Like, mm -hmm. I, I deeply want to know what wisdom that you have and that your life experience could share with me. And, and I don't know if that's part of my upbringing and like, not just respect your elders, but be curious about their, I've always wanted to know people's past histories. I asked my parents insatiably, like, what was your childhood like? What happened mm -hmm. to you? And how did you respond to it? And what would you do every single year on my parents' birthday? I asked them one question. Can you, if you had one piece of advice or multiple, it's up to them that you could share with me from your last year of life. Oh, nice. That's a great question. Well, there again, a question, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's always a the question. question. Yeah. It's a beautiful question. So here's the one thing I'll say, too, is that when people kind of do optimize that life energy, uh, you know, doing the work that you did in your 20s and continue to do, quite honestly, because nobody ever arrives. Right. Um, right. Um, you know, there's always a sense of humility that goes with that. There's always a sense of welcoming. It's not like, well, I've 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 climbed this mountain. Now I'm looking down from on high. What you find is that as you climb your own mountain, as you become the hero of your own story, if you will, right? Everybody's on a hero's journey to reclaim their birthright to really be themselves. Yes. Um, as you do that, it actually becomes very inviting. You want other people to join. You want other people to be on their hero's journey, right? And so um, that energy is contagious. So you can walk mm -hmm. into a room and you can, you can change the energy in the room by coming in with that energy. It is contagious, actually, when you're welcoming yes. and open and vulnerable and all those things, you change the energy. It's such a beautiful thing. And, and you're always relevant. You're always beautiful when you do that. Mm. Yes, it's, it feels like after this conversation, I want to go start my own web magazine. <laughs> when, you <had> said, <laughs> when you were like, it's all over the magazines. And I'm like, it still is. It's still all over the tabloids because we've been programmed to pay attention to outer beauty only. And yet 
I remember working in bars and I always was attracted to the funny guy. There the guy go. who was taking up space, making jokes. It didn't matter if he was like the hottest guy in the room. It was the way that right. he confidently hung out and was in grounded in his body. Yep. Um, oh, I'm like, I want like all of this to sink into y'all's mind. So as, and into your heart as you're listening to this, because it, these are thoughts that literally go through every single person's mind. It is no one is immune to the collective culture. Um. So one thing I did want to ask, because we're talking longevity, and I am very curious on modalities and technology. So I would love to hear if someone were to come and want to be a client, um, what would that look like for them? What are kind of your guys' like base foundational models that you that you go through? Right. Well, we, that's a great question. So we have a we have a whole spectrum of offerings, right? Um, everything from mild to wild. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, um, I just had, a, I got off the call today with a, with a friend of mine who, um, you know, runs a large hedge fund and he's in his late fifties at this point in time. And we've just created a new program called life raft, um, which Ooh. is a, an IRB approved trial for life energy, um, resilience, anti-fragility trial. So it's life raft. And um, the the thing inside of there is we're using all kinds of cutting edge technologies. Um, but what I've figured out in longevity is that it's not just, okay, we have a technology, let's utilize it. It really boils down to actually understanding what are the drivers of aging. Mm. And then having, having technologies that address those. Okay. But beyond that, those technologies have to be applied with a certain frequency, intensity, duration, right? A certain sequence. And so it's very musical. So I call it actually playing the symphony of longevity is really what it is. And so, so many people in the longevity space, they have a particular technology that they get married to. It's like, well, we have PRP, well, we have stem cells, well, we have exosomes, well, we have NAD, well, we have, you know, ozone, we have, you know, whatever it is. And and a couple of places we'll put a few of those together, right? Or we have peptides, we have whatever. And all of those things actually play a role. <clears throat> but the magic happens, you know, it's just like it's just like cooking, you know, in in the kitchen. It's not the ingredients that make the the thing, it's how you mix them together, right? And yeah. how they how it all comes together, right? So the same thing is true here. Um, and so what we do in Life Raft is actually work with people five days at a time. So at baseline, five days, five days at 90 days, another five days at six months, maybe another five days, <clears throat> a quarter later, and then at the end of the year. And we're doing all different kinds of procedures and processes. And then we're cycling different supplements. So we're doing things to actually, <clears throat> you know, activate different parts of the of the system um, as we go through. So that's an incredibly comprehensive thing. And it's not inexpensive to participate in, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, you could buy an exotic car for the same money, or you could actually get your life back, uh, but it's not inexpensive. But we also yeah. have we also have programs that, um, you know, that allow people to to ask questions like, "Well, how old am I? You know, how am I doing?" Or my mm -hmm. brain is really bothering me. Is there something you can do to fix my brain? Or I've got trouble with my knees, or you know, I had a heart attack, or I've got cardiac issues. Can you help me with that? 
So we can we can take a lot of the technology, if you will, a lot of the know-how and break it down and apply it to smaller questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also will work with people that are coming to us with health issues and they want to spend a year with us. Those are 90-day programs. And people that want to spend a year with us optimizing their health just to kind of get their health back before they start to focus on longevity per se. So we have those programs too. So if somebody's interested to work with us, um, it will be an investment uh, because yeah. we we approach it from the ground up. It's not just from the top down, right? It's really from the ground up. And so I love to do that. When I was doing interventional cardiology, I always found that um, if I had greater precision, I could always get the patient at that point in time, a better outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the same is true here. We want to understand, you know, what are the genetics? You know, how yeah. is your gut doing? You know, it's, it's not just about, oh, well, here's my problem. Well, let's try that. It's really right. building it from the ground up. So when you do a program with us, you came away with not only solutions, but durable solutions. And so yeah. that's really what we're going for. Yeah. Oh, all of me is like, take all of my money. Um, Mostly, (laughs) (laughs) I feel (laughs) every season has been so different. Um, Is there a time that's like too soon to like start thinking longevity or? You know, this is a such a great question. I love this question because right now, um, longevity is really focused on people for the most part anyway, in their 50s or 60s or 70s, or even we have some people in their 80s that are asking those questions um, you know, how do I stay young? Um, but where I really see the field going is that it is so much easier to stay 30 if you're 30 than it is to mm. <clears throat> take a 70 year old and take them back to 30, right? It's exponentially harder at 70, right? It's, it's harder yeah. at 60. It's harder at 50, right? And it's, it's quite honestly, there's a break point where it becomes impossible. You know, it's impossible to get an 80 year old today back to 30. It's impossible to get a 90 year old. Uh, my mother's 93 <clears throat> and there's very little I can do for her. So many horses are out of the barn that there's just no way to get them back. Right. So right. I think longevity is really going to transition into young people staying young. And it's so much easier to do that. Um, it's less expensive. Um, yeah. And and I think that's really going to be um a lot of growth there, quite honestly. So mm. this is where I'm talking about being 35. I know I want to have children still. So I'm just yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm coming into the, I'm coming into a different season in my mid thirties yeah. than I ever thought about in my twenties, my twenties, I was like, no, nah, I'll never age. And now I'm like, well, there are certain markers now that I'm like thinking towards like children being one of them where I hate to say my biological clock is ticking, but I'm also like, well, it's ticking. <laughs> it's ticking. So I would love to then, and I'm, I'm very much alongside you with, uh, if we can shed a lot of the programming and current paradigm and culture of like just symptom treating we can really treat someone from the very beginning. I'm so focused on, I've become fascinated with birth and like mm-hmm. carrying a child and how important birth actually is and Massive. how many <laughs> options there are. When I just always thought you had to get an epidural and you got popped onto a chair and, you know, being explorative now and curious has brought up so much about journey, the journey as a human. So I would love to hear as we kind of like wrap it up, what is something that people could start with today, like right now, if they're seeking, um, what, what would be your, your guidance there? 
Well, I, I think I think it's back to the life energy circle, right? Mm -hmm. um, it really doesn't take, <clears throat> I mean, unless you're going to work with a counselor or something like that, which I'm uh, a big fan of, somebody working with a therapist or a counselor yeah. or, or someone like that to help you process some of those traumas. But I think, you know, going around that circle, and I'll share that with you, you can put it in the show notes or whatever you yeah. do. Um, you know, being able to actually go through there and figure out the things that are holding you back. Do you feel safe? Do you feel loved? Right? Are you asking the right questions? You know, have you figured those things out? Yeah. Um, do you feel energetically aligned? Do you have a sense of purpose? Are you spiritually aligned? Right? Do you feel worthy? And if the answer to those is no, then you're actually accelerating the aging process quite dramatically with all the stress that you're carrying. And mm -hmm. as a, let's call it a mother to be, that stress that you carry gets transferred into your fetus, right? Yeah. So, right, there was a study done on women in, uh, in Holland when the Nazis invaded. Um, and of course, those pregnant women were under tremendous stress uh, from the occupation. And those children, they never lived as long as kids that were born outside of that occupation, and they had many more chronic diseases. That's epigenetics. Mm. That's the environment mm. impacting genetic expression. And mm -hmm. so if you want to optimize your life, getting that life energy, you know, you think maybe we're just talking about something that's kind of feel good, but actually it has dramatic impact on your genetic expression and your kid's expression. And actually it's carried down for generations. So when you, when you actually solve this problem, you take a lot of, you take your foot off the gas pedal of aging, right? Mm. I mean, Look at a president, right? They all age so much in four years, right? Or whatever it is, right? <laughs> we see it, yeah. We see it, right? And it's so much stress. That's the epigenetic effect on genetics and aging. So if you really want to slow things down for yourself, you have to go after that circle. Then, of course, you know, eating a healthy diet. I think plant-based diets are really healthy. Nutrient-dense diets are really healthy. Um I think getting physical activity every single day is super important because otherwise you have to wake up and decide is today the day I'm going to do something. And once you put yeah. a decision into anything like that, the failure rate's hundred percent. So you just yeah. want to take the decision out of it. Yes. I'm going to exercise today. Yes. I'm going to eat healthy Bye. today. Sleep is also critical. Of course, those basic things. And then of course, I think supplements can be very helpful but you actually want to know what you're supplementing and why, not just because somebody recommended it on the internet may or may not even be appropriate for you, yeah. right? So you have to get some testing done. Where do I stand? How old am I? What are my issues? What are my genetic assets and liabilities? Once you know those, you can develop a coherent plan that actually is super helpful. So that's what yeah. we love doing for people. Yeah. Oh, it, it's epigenetics is like my love. I mm -hmm. like study it just as like a pastime. I love, I believe, and this is like, of course, a belief, not fact people. I believe that there will come a time in our evolution where we will be able to consciously turn on and turn off our genetic expressions. When oh, yeah. this will happen, I don't know. I know it's happening now on like just our environmental level, like you said, with the mothers in, during that time the ways in which it all transferred to their fetus. I spend time at least once a day where I will sit and I will talk to my cells. I'll talk to my junk DNA. And we have a conversation where I'm like, first of all, they're not junk. Um, but I say, you know, uh, I'd like to turn on uh, radiance youth. Um, if I'm dealing with any sort of pain in the body inflammation, I will ask my cells to please go 
and address that. And I will envision them going and gently, lovingly taking care of it. And, you know, this is my like lifelong experiment. <laughs> no, this is, this is wonderful wisdom that you're sharing. Quite honestly, I've had, I'm also a big meditator and I think you know me well enough to know that I'm um, quite spiritual and I yes. uh, connect with on a lot of different levels with, with things. And I can tell you that I've had experiences where I really uh, go into a deep meditative state or I, or I exit this world is what I call it. You know, yes. this world is actually a VR world. It's a virtual reality, right? It's not our home. It's a virtual reality. And we wake up with glasses on every day and, and that's what we think is the world, but it's really not. When you take the VR glasses off, which is kind of what you can do with meditation or getting connected on a spiritual level or using ayahuasca to get a glimpse of whatever, um, you know, you, you when you go into that home space, I've actually felt the cells in my body just kind of realigning. It's almost yeah. like things are actually coming back together. So this is not this is not hocus pocus. And and I will also tell you that every study that's ever been done on the impact of spirituality on health has been dramatically positive, you know, whether it's yeah. seven day Adventist in California or whether it's people in the ICU that have people praying for them or have a belief system or whatever it is. Those yeah. people do better. There was just another study published by Harvard about, uh, I don't know, six weeks ago on this very topic. Um, it's incredible, you know, the mind and the spiritual uh, elements that can have such a massive impact. So, yeah, we embrace all of that in a big way. Yeah. Woo. Yes. I, I knew that the moment that we met and the first time we meditated, or I think it was the opening ceremony and you immediately mm -hmm. talked quantum field and energy. And I was like, Yes, this is where I play. I'm such a firm believer. It's in deep knowing that these bodies have such a powerful divine wisdom that is just not fully tapped into quite yet. And as we evolve consciously and choose in, I do things. I'm looking at the tree behind you on your um yeah, <laughs> in um, Puerto, uh, Puerto Rico <laughs> screen, on your yeah. screensaver. <clears throat> I literally will place my hand on plants and and or the earth mm. and ask for healing ask for i feel like just like being married to the question being available to ask and receive like getting into that's receptive it. mode that's like, so critical right we spend so much time projecting it's so important to be receptive you know and i think there's so much wisdom in that um you know which is also walking into a room and being receptive bringing your energy but being receptive at the same time right uh, mm, that, yes that's that's magic that's magic. Yeah. And it helps everybody in the room. Yeah. So you can help yourself. If you're listening as an audience, you can both help yourself. You can help your family. You can help your significant other. You can help your kids, you know, help whomever by actually working on this and showing up that way. It has a dramatic impact for everybody. Mm. I feel like my whole body is like vibrating higher already. And it gets me emotional when I have free conversations like this, because I, I live a very fine balance between the like idealistic beliefs and also like current reality and like status of collective consciousness and i'm always just like pulling for the ladder to follow to the end <laughs> like just right. trust me just go in just play what's it gonna hurt if you just experiment and play and say like okay i'm healing my body and like you mm -hmm. just practice you know i'm gonna have my dad on here here in a couple of weeks and he was an icu nurse for years Okay. Um, with some very interesting stories about prayer belief yep. when someone is in the ICU. So as soon as you said that, I was like, "Oop, confirmation for me." I got like, as Lauren would say, the God bumps. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so, 
once again, thank you so much for this beautiful conversation. I know it's going to bless um, every single one of my health rebels listening in this beautiful community. I would love to know, obviously I'm going to put it in the show notes, but where can we find you? Where do you hang out? <laughs> yeah, so I have I have a podcast also. I think that yeah. you're that you're well aware of. Uh, we were going to have you on, <clears throat> uh, and uh, we'll we'll make that happen. Um, we had a little scheduling hiccup, but yes. um, Glad Glad and Longevity Podcast. You can go to Glad and Longevity Podcast. You can pick it up on Spotify and other places. Uh, but if you just Google Glad and Longevity Podcast, you can find it there. And then gladandlongevity.com uh, is uh, a website for our practice. Uh, which like every website is in the process of being updated currently, but, mm -hmm. um, but it's there and it's, it's uh, somewhat descriptive and we'll give you some contact and that sort of thing. If you'd like to reach out and talk to one of our people about kind of what we do and, and really it boils down to what questions are you asking, you know, and can we be helpful to you? Uh, it's really, a, it's a collaborative approach. So those, those are the ways to get a hold of us. I also have a book coming out next year, which will be called uh, make a hundred to new 30. Um, and so that's probably coming out in March of next year also. So, oh my gosh, I will keep it an eye out for that because I definitely would like a copy and yeah, I'll send you one. I'll autograph it for you. Hey, that would be so <laughs> special. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Um, I look forward to hearing the feedback. If y'all have any further questions, obviously check the show notes. I'll send you in that direction be able to have conversation with Dr. Jeff and his team. All right, y'all. As always, all my love. All right, Health Rebels. Thank you so much for joining me once again for another episode of the Spiritually Fit Podcast, where you are becoming your body's bestie. If this episode has inspired you, elevated your thoughts, or expanded your perspective around what your body is capable of, share it with someone that you care about. Better yet, share it on your social needs, your Instagram, whatever. Tag me in it. I would love to reshare. We can just keep this circle of love and elevation going. Also, it would bless me so much and I would be incredibly honored if you would review, obviously, authentically and honestly, whatever is on your heart. And of course, subscribe because I don't want you to miss out on anything. So until next time, cheers to your inside games. See you then.